Hi and welcome to Be More Super the podcast. I'm Brian, your host, and this week we've got a great guest. We've got the wonderful Brad William Henke. Yes, Brad William Henke, star of Orange is the New Black. He's been in countless movies, so I'm so excited to have him on the show. So please enjoy the episode, and as always, like, subscribe, and share the love. And this episode is brought to you by the wonderful people at Prop Store of London. Uh, Visit their website, propstore.com, today. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Brad William Henke. Welcome to Be More Super, the podcast. Up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. An action-packed podcast where we'll discuss all things entertainment. You're the answer to are we alone in the universe? Conventions, prop collecting, cosplay, interviews, reviews, and so much more. The show starts with host Brian Gardner right now. Welcome to the show, Brad. It's a great honour because I'm a massive fan, so I'm, I'm looking forward to speaking to you about many things. So you've starred in quite a lot of movies, starred in quite a lot of TV, uh, but when I was researching you, because I've, I've seen you on my screens over God knows how many years, and I didn't realise you was a pro footballer. That is something, I mean, I've been a football fan, American football fan, for donkey's years in the UK, and I, you know... I go over to the States, well, I used to because I had family over there and I used to see the the Washington Redskins play quite a bit and the Philadelphia Eagles, even the Mir- the Mir- Maryland Terps. And being I, sort of- I went to a game, who was it? I think it was Jacksonville against someone um, when I was in the England shooting fury a few years ago. Uh, it was at Wembley Stadium, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. And you know, really and, and you know what? It's nice that American football is coming back to the UK because we used to have our own teams uh, back in the nineties, and and it was a massive. All thing. right, check this out. Check this out. When I got cut, I, I, I got hurt kind of in college, so I never was that good in pro football. But when I got cut, then I played in that thing, the World League of American Football. I played for Barcelona. Wow, I didn't realize that. Oh my god. And we played against the London something Monarchs. in Wembley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. London Monarchs in, in Wembley Stadium. Oh wow! But but you also played in a Super Bowl against the San, San Francisco 49ers. Growing, yes. grow, growing up as a kid, I was always Joe Montana, and you played <laughs> played against him. I mean, I think that's yeah. absolutely awesome. So you were born and brought up in—is it Nebraska? Columbus. I was Nebraska. born in Nebraska. I was born in Nebraska, but I grew up in Colorado, which is the next state west. Yeah, and you went to uh, Littleton High School. Is right. that correct? Yeah. What got you into football? Is it, it was it because it's the thing in high school? You either become a jock or <laughs> you become. Well, no, it was kind of like um, I was good in sports when I was a kid, and my parents told me, you know, to get good at something so I could get a, a scholarship to go to college. Yeah. So that became my, uh, I didn't really know what that meant, but that became my goal from like eight years old. So I played baseball and football, but when I started throwing curveballs, it's hard to hit the ball. So then I stuck to, <laughs> stuck to football. And you miss playing football? No. Um, you know, I've been playing so long. I miss like, um, now I do like boxing and jujitsu and stuff, so I do I do like the spar like that aspect of being physical and kind of um, uh, 
if you mess up, you might suffer the consequences. I, I like that type of uh, exercise. But uh, um, no, you know, I'm glad I didn't become a football star because then, you know, then I feel like, yeah, I didn't want to be seen as like a ex-jock who wants to be an actor. You know, I wanted to be an actor. So I didn't even talk about playing football, you know, until people started figuring it out because I just wanted to be seen as an actor. But but isn't that nice that, you know... I'm interviewing you because I think you're an awesome actor and then find out that not only are you an awesome actor, you did, you know, you were a footballer. Uh, and I think that's but great. But I think it's better to find that out second. Exactly. Because you, know I mean? you yeah. already see me as a, as, a, as a, you know, you see me acting so many different things, you know, you know I'm, you know, can do it. No, so. that's brilliant. No, yeah. no, it's brilliant. So you played for the Denver Broncos and then went on I to did. Fort Worth Cavalry. Um, well, that was just for, that was like when I listen, man. When I was done playing football, I didn't know what to do with my life because, you know, I'm only like mid twenties and my career is over. Yeah. So, so I, I played in the World League. I mean, I don't think the World League thing shows up on my uh, Google or whatever. But then that for that thing, I just played a couple of games. And my ankle, I've had six operations on my ankle, so it, it really couldn't do it anymore. And what what got you into acting? Because you know, you you seem to have left, you know, playing football, and then straight away. I mean, actors go to college or university in the UK, say, and 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 study the art. You've you've gone straight into it. Well, it wasn't that straight. I, I for for what I did is I came out to California, actually coached football for one year, and I yeah. I, I did well, but I didn't. I just wasn't into that anymore. So I, but uh, someone uh, told me about. Uh, you know, sometimes when they're shooting a commercial, they'll have like about a football. They'll have ex-football players in the background acting like they're playing football. So I did that once, and I met a guy who invited me to an acting class. And I went to this acting class, and I see this guy up there like doing this scene. He's crying or something. I'm like, how makes this guy cry? I'd cry like once in my life. Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. like how like. And they're talking about, you know, what makes you feel this emotion and that emotion. And I had, like, no idea about any of this stuff. I just thought, you know, my emotions were I'm hungry, I'm angry, I want to have sex. Like, I knew no <laughs> I knew no emotions. And so I just started going to this. Because, you know, when you play football, like, if you're hurt, you tell yourself you're not hurt. If you're tired, you tell yourself you're not tired. If you're intimidated, you tell yourself you're not. You know, so you're always just telling yourself you don't feel things. And so I think just opening up my body to even just figuring out what makes me tick is what really got me into it. So I was taking like, you know, like a Stella Adler type class, a Uta Hagen type class and a method class. And they were all like twice a week. So it's like six days a week. I mean, it was only for like two years before I really started working, but I was just, that's all I did. Just like I did when I played football, you know? Yeah. And and what a journey you've been on. I mean, some of the films that you've been in are absolutely outstanding. I mean, the first time that I saw you in a film was World Trade Center. You know, you played Alison's brother, if I'm right, you know, yeah. if I'm right. Yeah. And what yeah. a film that was. You know, it was very poignant at the time. You know, you know, it was just fantastically directed and made. Um, yeah. And then you went on to do so many great films like Draft Day with Kevin Costner. And, yes. and, you know, and Fury and, and Fury, I've got to say, is one of my all time favorite movies, because 
when someone does a war movie or like a series like Band, Band of Brothers, I appreciate the work that goes into that to make it as accurate as possible. Um, and you came over to England to film that. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And David Ayer, the, the director of that, like he will make like every stitch on your uniform correct. Like he is such an attention to detail. Yeah. And, and apparently... Um, you coming over uh, to film Fury in, in England was down to the tanks because in the film you had a Tiger 131 tank and it's the yeah. only one working in the world. Yeah, totally, yeah. And, 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 the, um, and the tanks that we were in were a lot of times owned by the person who was operating them. Yeah. And, on my, and my tank was a lot of guys... Uh, from England, who were in the same on the same tank in Afghanistan? Wow! And and it was such a great group of guys, and uh, um, like from all different you know walks of life, you know, it was just really cool that all those people were in the same army together in the same uh, tank. Because like this guy Chip, he'd be off like fox hunting one you know, one weekend and then there were other people were more like blue collar people. So it was, it was really cool. And it was shot in 62 days, apparently, which I was shocked at. Is that correct? Wait, 62 days. Apparently it says on Wikipedia, but then again, you don't believe anything that's on the internet. No, Um, I don't believe that. Cause we were there in, uh, September, October, no, maybe in August, September, October, November, December. No, we were there because I was there when it was hot thinking I thought it was supposed to be cool in England to when <laughs> I'm wearing like four layers of clothes with my head sticking out that tank all day. Right. So I'm going to go over to Wikipedia and definitely demand a change on that. Um, so while you was filming Fury, did you, uh, what, what, what did you do on your downtime in England? What did you enjoy the most about the UK? Um, you know... There wasn't a lot of time to go do anything because literally, even though it might not look like it, I did have one great scene that was cut out just for time when my guy, one of my guys wouldn't go and he he, he didn't want to go on the next battle, so he blew his old hand off. Yeah. And, but I still threw him in the tank. But anyway, didn't make it make it in it. But um, a lot of days, like, if, you know, if those tents were, tanks were moving, we were all in those tanks. So um, the... the, the um, the most fun thing I did is I went to a Manchester City uh, football game. Right, okay. That was great. And then a lot of times, you know, like when we were staying in Henley-on-Thames, that was great. Just go on walks down the river, and it was it was, it was was a good time. Yeah, I mean, um, I've, got, I've got to say the film looked absolutely so much fun to film, especially with all the effects and, and everything going on. Um, did you witness any, apparently, um, Scott Eastwood – had uh, indication uh, with Brad Pitt and Shia LaBeouf. No, not like yeah. Shia, did you witness that? Uh, no, it was, no, they didn't really have a uh, um, altercation. altercation. They didn't have Sorry, like a physical indication. altercation. No, um, it, really, I think all that happened was um, Scott Eastwood. Uh, his character was on their tank. And um, uh, he's supposed to spit on the tank, and and then they're supposed to say, "I think." No, I think that was it. Like he was just supposed to spit, and then I think Shia in character said, "Like you know, don't spit on my tank." And then 
I think Scott didn't know he was still acting or yeah. something. <laughs> Good old times, eh? Um, and I think, I think then uh, Scott shaved his pubic hairs with the same shaver that everyone used for their face. Oh, no. And I think that people started to uh, um, be bristled by some of that behavior. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. And then and then we move on to um, another fa- favorite move. I just yeah. want to say this, though. Shia and Brad are two of the um, best people to work with. They're so into it, but, like, they'll do everything. These t- these tanks were, you know, they're tall. And Brad's tank was in front of mine, and I'm like, oh, they're going to um, – uh, they're going to be bringing a ladder for him to get on and off yeah. or something. But nope, he had to jump off and jump on like every time. He he, he was just a really cool guy, and, and Shia is really yeah. Great apparently, guy apparently, Brad came early from what I've read uh, before filming to actually get used to tanks before the actual crew came over. Apparently, he was spotted in the countryside uh, a month or so before filming started. Uh, I think that they all. Were, I think maybe he was there before even them, but then all of those guys went through like a boot camp and stuff together. Yeah. So that must have been really fun. Well, definitely one of my favorite movies. And then we go on to I've got to say one of the best films I've watched on Netflix, which is Bright. Which, yeah, I love Bright. Which I, I've I've got to I've got to say is fantastic. I mean, I've I've watched it about three four times. Uh, my wife watched it for the first time the other night actually, and um, I've got to say she really enjoyed it. Uh, but what a film! I mean, you know, the great news is it's been announced that Bright Two is going to be happening. Um, I don't know if uh, have you had any phone calls yet regarding your character because you play is it Dorgu. Dargu, is that how you pronounce Dargu. it? Dargu, Dargu, yeah, yeah, Dargu. Yeah, yeah. the leader um, of the, um, was it the um, Fog Teeth Clan? Fog Teeth, yeah. Uh, let me see if I can remember the Kof Panach Pochka. Yeah, you know, you had to learn a real, uh, it's a real language that was, uh, um, the, the man who made up the language makes up all the languages for the Game of Thrones. Wow. So, so like, I have to say Orcus the same as my son says it, the same as, you know, everyone else says it. You can't be just, like, making shit up. Yeah. So I found that to be uh, super challenging. Um, in fact, I had, that, I, ha- I had that whole scene for a long time. It's a lot of me talking, you know. It's, like, t- talking for, like, 15 minutes. And then there was, like, two lines I had to learn in Orcish. And then, like, two weeks before, he goes, why don't you just learn that whole speech in Orcish? I was like, okay, okay, no problem. And then I was like, oh, fuck, you know. But uh, <laughs> Thank goodness for subtitles. Um, what- no, I did it great. And it, I, I got to the point where I could, you know, say one line in Orcish, the next one in English, like back and forth. It, it, was, it was great. Yeah. I, what, what was it like wearing all that, that, that makeup? Because you looked fantastic. I mean, the work on that movie was just phenomenal. It really was. And you were completely unrecognizable, in all fairness, <laughs> which is good because you're an orc. Uh, but what was but, it like? Yeah, I mean, you can hear my voice. Oh, stuff. God, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was uh, this guy, Jamie, uh, he's who put it on me. Um, it, it took about three hours to put on. Um, but but, but well, the hardest part would be um, when they put it on, then you couldn't, you know, like lay on it. So like sometimes they put it on and then it's like eight hours till we worked or 10 hours till we worked or till I got to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so I'd have to just sit up the whole time. And, and, and another thing that was hard about it 
is, uh, you know, doing a lot of fight things or whatever, you know, you'd start to sweat in it a little bit. Um, and then, of course, the hardest thing is the contact lenses. So this one night, that night, we're just doing like we're in this little bar scene, and then these guys come in and they shoot these weapons off. And uh, but you know that takes all night. You know you don't realize that when you watch the movie. But so they were shooting off these full loads of stuff, and I guess some of it got in my eye. And I forget this woman's name, but she did the contacts and she was so like, she's really a nice, quiet lady. She's like, Oh, you should take that contact off. And I said, okay. But then they go, Oh, we're going to do a close up on Brad now. And I said, okay, I won't put that contact back in. And she's like, no, you can't. It's not safe. And I'm like, no, no, seriously. I want to, cause I want to like, it's my close up. Yeah. And, uh, she was like, Nope, you can't damage your eye. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I was just so impressed how she like everyone was just looking at her and she just literally took care of my health. Oh, it bless. was really, it was really you know because I would have damaged my eye because I just wanted it to look good. Yeah, you know what of I mean? course. Yeah. yeah, but it but it did fantastic. I mean, the reviews on it was astonishing. I mean, would you like to do Bright Two? Uh, yes, I would. I would. I would. I would because I mean. I, I did it like like that was a fifteen minute scene or something with with Joel and Will and and uh, yeah I just loved my character and that was the second time I worked with David and I, I it was just like you know it, I just I really feel like I work well with him I think also I, from being a football player I work well with him because he's kind of like a no nonsense person you know yeah like a compliment from him would be like well let's try not to fuck it up as much next time do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. like, like uh you know you, the compliment is you're there the next day you know yeah. you, you haven't been fired so I, I i like i like how he works he, he creates a, a tension and then for all his movies you, you you get to or have to i say get to do this like uh, martial arts training everyone trains with each other and it really kind of brings people together it's and, and especially like in that movie when you're you know, kind of like fighting each other and stuff. It, it was a great experience. And obviously, I'm not going to spoil it for people, but at the end, um, I've got to say, if they do make a bright two and bring you back into that film, I think there's so much stuff that you can do as your character within the next one because it, it ends quite emotionally. Um, yeah. You know, with the old... Um, yeah, I'm yeah. not going <laughs> to give it away. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then um, I've got to say, I interviewed Kim Coates... Um, Oh. You know, a few months, months ago, uh, absolute, absolute stellar guy. And yeah. um, you're in a film, a lovely film, I've got to say, Cold Brook. Uh, I love that film. It's one of those films that, um, looking at Kim Coates, at what he's done with Bad Blood and Sons of Anarchy, seeing him in that sort of role was a bit of a shocker, to be honest. But what a lovely, lovely movie. If, 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 if no one's, you know, if anyone's not seen it, go out and see it because, or get it on uh, streaming or video on demand because... It's one of those brotherly sort of uh, films that just make you feel feel good, and you play Chip in it, which which is an overzealous sort of security man. And, yeah. and what and what a character you play! It's a great character, it really is. You sort of feel sorry for him a bit because, of course, you yeah. know, he just wants to try and do do his best. I mean, you know, what sort of experience did you have work, working on that film? Because it was directed by William Fitchner, uh, which co wrote yeah. it as well. Yeah. And Bill, Bill is like, he's the best director and, and Kim was so fun to work with. And they, um, 
they pump you up, man. Like they make you feel like you're the best actor they ever worked with. They're so complimentary and, and, and this like every take is different. And, uh, it was, it was really great. I love that one scene when, um, well, there's a couple scenes like the scene, uh, where I break the glass accidentally with my flashlight. And then, and then I love that scene where that, they come in and I'm like, I thought you guys were taking it to an 11, but you guys were really stealing or whatever like that. I thought that was a great scene. And it was, and it was great. It was shot in Buffalo where Bill is from. And like, we went to his house for 4th of July and it was just, it was just awesome. Oh, that's cool. And, and, you know, I've got I've got a bit of a confession to uh, say, Brad. Um, I haven't seen Orange Is the New Black. I do apologise. Oh, wow. um, you know, I've got to say your your show, the real the real guy show. You know, yeah. it's a Brad and Keith show yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, on you, you, YouTube. Even your best mate at, at at the time, I hadn't seen it. My wife's seen seen all all of them, uh, but it's, <laughs> but it, but it's time. And when I said who I was interviewing. She turned around and said, "Oh, he's not very nice." <laughs> but I do have a couple of questions because I put it out there on the good old social media, and I've got yeah. a fan called Susie, um, Susie Kajija. I'm rubbish with names. I really am trying to pronounce them. Um, but Susie wanted wanted to know uh, if you can change anything about your character because you played the prison guard, uh, yes. Desi Pascatella. Uh, yeah, and if you could change anything about your character on that show, what would it be? What would I change? Nothing. Um, I really wouldn't change anything. Like, 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 um, because on Orange Is the New Black, Genji Cohen, who is the writer, creator, and all the writers, like that was. That was the first time, you know, that I, I've always tried to look at, I just looked at that as if it was Shakespeare and I'm not going to change a word, yeah. you know, now I might improv at the beginning or improv at the end or once in a while, once I got the lay of the land, like in the middle, but like improv something, they say something back, but then get right back on the lines because the lines are so good. Yeah. You know? And, and so, um, and also just like, I knew everything about my character, you know, before I took the job and, um, yeah, no, there's nothing that would have changed. And I'm, and I'm glad it ended when it did. It was all perfect. Excellent. I've got to say, I I want to tell you this though. I did on my last day, I got back to my trailer and I just started crying. And the reason I was crying is because I was like, Am I ever going to have a situation again with this good of writing, with this talented of actors, with this big of audience seeing my work? Like it was a pretty amazing gift for me. It's 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 like leaving a a, a, a loving family, isn't it? It's sort of you spent so much time with them, creating something so beautiful, and and I mean I've 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 done shows in in the past, and when we've finished the run of shows. You know, you know that tonight's your last show, and it's so emotional. It really, really is. I should, to be honest, I should really watch it because I used to be a prison officer myself. 
So, oh. so I used to, used to be a prison officer at Youth Offenders. So I used to look after the uh, late teens. So it was very I, volatile. I once, uh, I once was a substitute teacher for kids that were either expelled or just coming out of the youth prison. Right, yeah. I mean, I've got to say, it's a lot more volatile than working in an adult prison because adults don't tend off tend to kick off so much with the teenagers they've got no boundaries they've got no barriers on my first shift though i've got to say i got stabbed in the back with a fork and i got my glasses broken um and i went home smiling because i thought if that's the worst that can happen <laughs> but then i was gonna say and you went back but yeah yeah you oh to be honest though it, it, it was a bunch of girls and they had covered themselves in cocoa butter because they knew that if we tried to grab them and put them in holds, we would just slip off. And that's exactly what happened. It was a com to be honest, if it was filmed, it would be a comedy. It really, really would. You know, yeah. we're well trained, but it all went pear shaped. Um so uh, so, <laughs> so we move on to um, it's all over the internet. The buzz on this show is unbelievable. Even Stephen King has said the buzz. The stand. Uh, what's happening with it? Because, you know, has, has, has it been filmed? Is it going to be filmed? I mean... It's I already done. We, we finished um, We finished filming on March 12th. Right, okay. And do we know a release date for it? Because I've, I've got to say, the story of The Stand is very... If it was released now, it would be very... Um, you know, the storyline of it, uh, you know, the virus, 99, is it 0.4 pe 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 people die? It's going to be quite a sensitive sub subject, I, I suppose. I mean, what's your view on if it well, came out now? I was thinking, now? like... I was thinking, um, you know, like, everyone watched Contagion at the beginning of the quarantine. Of course. Um, but, you know, I was thinking... Like, they were talking about, I think, it coming out in, like, November. But I know it also, too, like... I heard they were trying to push it up. I, I think that, like... I think any time from now on, I think people would be interested. And also, too, um, that that one's a lot worse because when you get that one, you die. You know, and so. Uh, but I'm 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 so excited for it to come out. And this to date was the best acting experience of my life. It it it, it was amazing. It was amazing. And you played Tom Cullen in yeah. the, the show uh, do we know if stephen king has seen any of the footage yet and his opinion oh yeah 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 stephen king uh wrote the last episode right. and he he uh his son is a writer on the show and um yeah and i was told you know oh stephen king likes you as tom he likes what you're doing that's uh, awesome like, yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. And what a and what a cast you've got surrounding you, from Whoopi Goldberg to to um, is it James James Mars um, and, and Marilyn yeah. Manson as well in it as well. Uh, I don't know. If he, I don't, you know, I don't know if Marilyn Manson ended up being in it or not. Right. I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. So because there's so many, like, you know, I didn't. I saw maybe everyone in the cast almost once i mean it's good because you're kind of you know there's there's people in this camp and people in this camp and then people stuck in the desert so you don't see people all the time like i i did a scene with one scene with uh whoopi goldberg and that was awesome i didn't do any scenes with uh um sarsgaard which everyone loved him um henry zaga i did a lot of scenes with i love that guy um james is great is um 
Javon. Like, yeah, it's great. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm very looking forward to it because obviously I watched the original The Stand and I wasn't a massive fan in all fairness, you know. Okay, but here's the reason. Here's the reason. It's because they didn't have the, 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 um, the, the, equipment to make the graphics and to shoot it and to make it look real back then do you know what i mean yeah i mean if you look at something like amazing like you know jaws like that like stands alone it was a long time ago but it would be hard to make it's hard to make stuff like that back then you know what i mean to to look so real so i think this is going to look really real and it's going to be it's a little bit dark you know it's just a little bit more real when you start out in acting was there an actor that you thought to yourself do you know what i want to act with this person who who really inspired you you know why you were starting out in acting i mean someone i would have wanted to act with would be like um, philip seymour hoffman right yeah Um, because i saw you know uh him playing um you know, he's, he's kind of like a bigger guy. So like playing roles that I could wish I was playing. Yeah. Uh, but you have to understand he was acting from a younger age and he went to, you know, NYU and did this stuff. So I feel like, you know, I'm, I was 10 years behind some of those people because I had to put in my 10,000 hours in, in my way, you know what I mean? And so I really like, but I look at, you know, I, 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 I want to play roles like that. I want to play complicated, layered roles. I feel like, you know, I feel like I can, you know, make people fear me. And I feel like people can feel my heart, too. So, um, I, I mean, I think that my, the best actor on the planet, like now I feel like is Tom Hardy. Um, and, I, you know, I, I feel like... I don't even know if I could aspire to be what he is. He's amazing, but I, I, I will try. I mean, there's a scene in uh, season three of Peaky Blinders, yeah, uh, episode six, where they're in that warehouse when it's Tom Hardy and uh, Celine Murphy, and they fight. And then, oh my god, I think that's that's one of the best scenes I've ever seen in my life. And and many times, many times. Before I work or do an audition or whatever, I will watch that scene just to remind me what what we're really supposed to be doing. I mean, we've all had our ups and downs, and you, sir, as well. You know, you've had your ups and downs through 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 life. What motivates yes. you, um, you know, to keep going forwards? Well. I feel like when I played football and stuff like that, I was kind of doing that uh, for my parents or something. Yeah. And um, I feel like when I started acting, I didn't tell anyone that I was acting. Um, I think my parents found out when a neighbor said they saw me on TV or something, you know, like because I wanted this thing to be mine. And what keeps me going is just growing as an actor i know that sounds whatever but you know like we talk about tom hardy well in the last like two or three four two or three roles i've really been working so much more on creating different voices for my characters where i talk from what my history is and i i 
I didn't do this much of that before because I was trying to be real. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it's like, I really am just, um, what keeps me going is I feel like I'm about to get good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I'd want to work with, you know, the top writers and actors and directors so I can grow into being, uh, the actor that I can possibly be, like my max potential. And and at what point would you say, you know, you'll turn around to yourself and say, do you know what, I'm a success, you know, I've made it. What does that look like for you? I think for me it looks like <laughs> if I have, if I'm the lead of a cable series that's really kind of um, – doing something like it has a really strong message and not for the accolades or whatever, but if I'm on a show like that and then me or that show is up for an Emmy, I will feel like I have done something to touch people that people saw because I really want to be involved in something. And that's why too, like I try to play, you know, what people would call fractured, you know, characters because if you don't show those characters to be real and like if you show them to be one note bullshit characters then people go oh that's not real but if you make them really real like in split i don't know if you ever saw split like i don't want to watch i don't want to watch split i want to see that shit but that was a very important role in that show so someone has to play that role to make everyone else feel like, just like in Orange, people would say, like, I want to kill you. If I saw you, I wish this would have happened. I wish this would have happened. And I, one time I wrote, I was like, if you didn't have me, like, there'd be no obstacle for the season. You know what I mean? Do you know what? It's like every superhero needs a supervillain, you know, because you need that. And, and yeah, yeah, you're completely spot on. But I think it's worse when the villain seems like the guy next door. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's the scary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's your perfect role then? What do you? I mean, out of all the pro programs that are on TV at the mo- mo- moment, what's your favorite pro program out there that you're watching? Uh, Piggy Blinders is always my favorite. Yeah. Um, Piggy Blinders is my favorite by far. Um, I like Ozark a lot. Yeah. Um, I loved um, Pretty Little Lies. I thought Pretty Little Lies was great. Yeah. Um, the acting in that. And what was great about that is the acting was so great. And, um, um, oh shoot. I just slipped a meme now. Oh, uh, damn. I just had a brain fart. Um, the second year, the, the, the actress who wins all the Oscars who came on, um, uh, oh, dang it. Let me look it up. Uh, you know, uh, she wins every Oscar for, for best actress on. Okay, sorry. I was just looking at this um, audition that I had to do this morning for uh, the Knights of the Zodiac. Right. It's a uh, Japanese anime that they're making with uh, real life. Okay. Uh, people. And uh, I auditioned for the role of Cassios. I hope I get it. It seems really cool. Ah, that's awesome because I was going to ask what's what's next for you. So you've just answered that one. <laughs> so you know what? I don't know if that's next. It was just an audition. Um, yeah. But but um, you know uh, 
there's nothing been going on. So basically, I finished working on the 12th of March, and since then, nothing's um, been going on. So do you hear when things are going to start? Filming in the UK has, has been given a green light. So I know the Batman's going back to film because uh, I was in, interviewing a stuntman that's working on the movie, and um, apparently they're go, going back in a couple of weeks. Um, are they going to have crazy rules? or? Yeah, I think so. I think... Uh, y- I think a lot of like unions and and organisations are going to get involved because it's very difficult uh, to be on set, isn't it? And uh, you know, if you're going to have a, a close up scene, you can't be two meters away if you're <laughs> supposed to be kissing them. Yeah, or, but, but or... Don't, don't you think if they can uh, if they can have a UFC fight, you know what I mean? Or they could play yeah. basketball that we could uh... exactly. Oh, the, the name I could remember is called Meryl Streep. Okay. So... <laughs> That, so, that, that that little actress. That's why you know. it's a complete brain fart. But just to watch, like I thought, like in season one, the Cole Kidman, I thought everyone was just amazing. And then you see Meryl Streep, and you're like, how how can Meryl Streep add to this? And then she was just amazing. I mean, so good, so good. So what? So what is? So what is next for you then? So obviously you've got that audition. Um, I mean, with lockdown and everything uh, happening. Um, have you got any work line, lined up regard, you know, after the lockdown? You know, I actually have a couple of scripts that I've written that uh, my uh, management is getting out there now because this is a good time for that. Yeah. And um, um, But no, you know, I think it's going to – listen, I would have wanted to take March, April, maybe May off anyway. But now I'm ready to go. You know what yeah. I mean? And I will go – you know, if they have to shoot everything in Sweden, I'll go to Sweden tomorrow, <laughs> you know? Like yeah. I just I, for the right thing, I I will I will go anywhere. So no, I think it's just like like I'm doing this audition today, and um, I think you know the one thing is though you know no one has a job right now, yeah. so yeah. you know yeah. so everyone wants a job. I know that there were probably some that were in the middle of shooting and others that were about to start. So hopefully they'll get to do those. Yeah, I've got but to... I mean, come on, if we if everyone gets tested, yep. Why can't we just do the scenes? Exactly, exactly. I completely agree. And I've got to say, out of this lockdown, the explosion of creativity is going to be awesome. I mean, how many more new shows are going to be created from the back of the lockdown? I mean, yeah, it is unfortunate, you know, we've had all these deaths and the virus is dreadful and you've got this rioting and the looting, which I think is pointless. Um, But off the back of it the silver light lining i think that humanity is a massive reset button um you know once the lockdown gets lifted my kids can see their grandparents and i can't wait um you know i think that there's going to be a lot of love in the air uh fingers crossed uh with everything going on um but yeah yeah who knows i mean i can't wait for some more new shows to come out um, because at the moment, well, at a certain point, like even though you have people, even if this virus doesn't go away, and you have people in in some sort of lockdown until the uh, um, vaccine comes, if they don't have content to watch on TV, they're going to go nuts. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. we see what like like everything. I I feel like I mean, I feel like, of course, I'm not in favor of looting and this and that. And, and you know, they have said here that a lot of that stuff wasn't even the, the protesters. But even I would say, someone said, there's not going to be change unless until the most unaffected has had enough. Yeah. And so, 
that's what I always try to say is like, I can't speak on any of these things except to be supportive because I literally haven't walked a second in those shoes. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but I have had people in my life that I love that, that were black and, and I did see that they did have to go through a lot more hoops and that really opened my eyes, you know, cause, cause like, I feel like we can only see what we see, but if someone makes us aware of something, then, then we should be open to that. It's like, I feel like in a relationship, like you can't read your partner's mind. That's not the sign of love. But if they say, Hey, I'd like you to take out the trash. You know what? Thanks for the hint. I'll take out the trash. You know what I mean? But we're not mind readers, you know, and they're not either, you know, it's just, I feel like in the world, like, um, Literally, you know, there, there's, there's, you know, there's not like a lot, like different groups, like um, um, LGBTQ, you know, like, like all these, like there's all these different groups that have a special interest and have not been, obviously they've been not treated right at certain times. So I just don't understand, like, why the if we're in the in the larger group why we care like if you need these little special needs to be safe cool if you need this to feel safe like why aren't we all for those you know it's not it's not putting us out any yeah Yeah. and i suppose the way forward as well is 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 teaching our kids educating them you know that that color isn't you know an issue you know you know what i mean we're all human and we all bleed and breathe the same air and I thought that the virus would have taught us that a little more, you know, like exactly. But you know, here in America, we we were just our president was telling us Americans can't get this, you know what I mean? So. <laughs> well, fingers crossed, it'll, it'll be gone. Do you know what? I've got to, I've got to be careful with uh, politics on the show though, because you know I've inter- inter- interviewed quite quite a few stars, and a lot of them are pro-Trump. And then a lot of anti-Trump. And it's like, oh, no, I've got to be so, so careful. But do you know what? That scene of him walking to the church and those peace, peaceful protesters, because I was watching it live on CNN in the UK. So was I. And so was I. when it happened, my jaw just dropped. Their First Amendment right just got thrown out the window. This bully boy that I call, call, call him wanted to throw his toys out of, you know, his pen and go to this church for a stupid photo opportunity you know i just think it's ridiculous you know the way the way that they treat treated them i just think shocking and shame on him and you know his pres- presidency is going to be remembered as being a you know a bully um well, he's a, yeah he's a bully and, and like, but we knew this right like when he's calling people like nervous nancy and Lion Ted and you know whatever the like like these are what things chi- children do yeah yeah like and then like he doesn't follow the rules like there's rules and he just doesn't follow them you know it's like I do think we have got to a place where like if you're Republican or Democrat oh I hate you it shouldn't be that but also no. then it shouldn't be so also then the parties should not be so extreme like no. I feel I, if I was if I was president, I would make it so, and I don't know how it works in England, to be honest with you, but here, like, let's say you get two Democratic seats in the Senate and two Republican. I wish you just would vote on people and get four seats so yeah. they didn't have to vote down party lines. Yeah. 
it's 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 very um confusing in the uk as well um you know for for the for the gov- government and i just think that it just needs to get all sorted out i mean uh baraka Barmer, i thought was an awesome from from what i saw i th- i thought he was very relatable he, he cared about his people he did a lot of good but then i'm 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 british so i'm not going <laughs> to put my opinion too much on you because obviously you're there uh, living the no, no, american thing about obama is like obama when he spoke it always makes you say oh man i need to be a better man i yeah. need to be a better person I, I don't think that when the current president speaks you know but but i also feel like i feel like People should be able to talk about their difference of opinions instead of hate each other for a difference of yeah. opinions. Because then, hopefully, there could be some compromise. I'm just talking about in like even bills or, or financial bills or healthcare or any of yeah. those things. Because here's the deal: like I'm not a social media person. Like when something big is going on, I feel like if people are wondering where I stand on this, then I want to say something. But Otherwise, I found like on my Instagram, like if I write something substantial, no one gives a shit. If I put up a selfie, they love it. So <laughs> I'm not really. <laughs> and you know what? You've got over eighty-two thousand followers on Instagram. Um, yeah. How do how how does that feel having that amount of people following you? It's mostly from Orange. I didn't even have social media, and then. The first season I got like fifty, and then the second season I got like forty. I've actually lost a couple, but uh, <laughs> because I really don't post very much. Like what I do is I do it for the fans. So like in Orange, they were so gung ho, they wanted to see stuff, so I put it up. And I think it's going to be the same thing for the stand though, because the stand has a lot of like huge, huge fans, huge hardcore fans. And it's going to be really good. It's going to be really good. And I think it's going to be, you know, obviously something people can relate to. And I like that it's like so much worse than happened now because then maybe that will help them, uh, you know, lose reality a little bit. Yeah, of course. And I'm so looking forward to it. I really am because, you know, it's nice to see a gritty sort of series that you can get in, into because you know at the moment I'm watching Van Helsing which I absolutely love um and I'm watching Snowpiercer as well which I think is fantastic uh, oh yeah I, I I don't forget what but I met for a role on that I didn't get it but I heard, I heard it was really good yeah so um I think we're on episode three at the moment in the UK but but no th- there is still some great TV on 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 at the moment until everything dries up so let's um well like a week into I saw someone on my Instagram feed like in the second week of the quarantine they're like okay I finished Netflix now what <laughs> Let's go on to Amazon Prime. <laughs> Brad, yeah. Brad, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. And, you too, uh, man. Do you know what? I love doing this because I get a chance to talk to the people that I look up to and I admire. And your acting is absolutely superb. Um, I Thanks. look forward to everything that you do in the future. And the stand, uh, I'm so looking forward to. I really, really am. Um, but look after yourself. Stay safe. And tell your wife that I'm a nice guy. <laughs> I, will, I will do. I will do. And the great okay. thing is about the podcast is 50, 50% of the listeners, well, 40% are in the UK. The rest are in the US. 
So okay. we're, we're quite global. So uh, I'm sure they'll be listening to this, getting ready for the stand. And I'll tell my wife that you're a nice person, and you are a nice person, Brad. Uh, you've been loved. Lo- and I want to. I want to. I always want to come over and play. You know the. Uh, stereotypical dumb american on an english show that's that's one of my goals <laughs> i think matt matt leblanc did that um on one of the english shows as well but yeah you laugh, you laugh have to come over because we've seen a lot more of americans like ron perlman coming over doing the gritty crime dramas and it's really nice to see you know, because we've got enough Brits coming over to the U.S. Yeah. in shows. You know how much I would love that? I would love that so much because I love it over there. Oh, yeah. No, that's awesome. Brad, yeah. look after yourself. Right. Stay safe. Yeah, thanks, All right. Nice you, meeting you. You too, mate. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Be More Super, the podcast. It was kind of a crazy, fun experience. I love the show, guys. You're awesome. Listen, my whole family loves it, man. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button and share it with your super friends. In my world, it means hope.